0: Well, you can take advantage of the graphics that are accompanying this forecast if you're listening on the uh, Internet or your computer or phone is nearby, and the station's weather page is at wortfm.org forward slash weather, and I'll be talking about the uh, water vapor image of North America that's up in the featured graphics towards the top there in a moment. That'll show you what's been going on as far as the upper winds are concerned over the continent the past three days or so. This past weekend's little system produced a lot more snow than I was expecting when I gave the forecast back on Wednesday. But the storm was generally not cut out from the start to be particularly impactful for us. It did end up putting down about two, a little over two inches here. It was a fast mover for one thing. Caught up in what was a fairly zonal environment between the two jet stream branches this past weekend lying across the U.S. And you'll get a better sense of that when you have a look at the water vapor image. So for that reason, the fact that it was a fast mover and the fact that it was blocked from any significant gulf moisture, it was unable, therefore, to deepen much into the lower atmosphere, which is one of the reasons that the early day snow, especially yesterday, fell without much in the way of wind and stacked up so nicely on the twigs and branches and whatnot. Very picturesque, Uh, at least until the polar front came plowing through later in the day. And while the snow had largely ended by that point, the much denser air behind the front raking in at ground level, together with leftward turning in the air column aloft as the upper winds sped up and veered more northerly in the evening, those together induced uh, one last spasm of snow showers that crossed the area about 9 or 10 p.m., The Arctic air is going to be uh, with us again now for at least a couple of days, holding dew points down uh, in the single digits and low teens, just like back on Friday. So uh, keep the skin lotion handy if you're prone to dry skin. But like last Friday also, this will again be just kind of a transient encounter with the Arctic air since the wider upper air pattern across the Western Hemisphere, or at least this part of it, remains quite progressive and zonally driven. And you'll see that also if you have a look at the water vapor image of North America that I was talking about. On that image, you'll see this past weekend storm starting out as a fairly vigorous leftward swirl over Colorado towards the beginning of the sequence, promising looking for a while there, but losing coherence then quite rapidly as it swept northeastward past us, ahead of the incoming Arctic air, which you can see demarcated by the deepening upper trough that descends southward through Saskatchewan and the eastern plains. That trough has since widened both west and east and uh, dominates now much of the continent east of the Rockies and north of about, say, the 35th parallel. But beyond that trough out to the west, you can see a building upper ridge that's coming ashore over the west coast, even way up into British Columbia. And as you can sense from just the three-day sequence there, these major north-south features, uh, amplified as they are, are caught up in a wider regime of fairly robust eastward motion. So we're uh, definitely in for some temperature swings as these larger features come past us, at least in the uh, longer term. The towering uh, upper ridge over western Canada is going to mostly collapse, and it's starting to already as it tries to push eastward into the vigorous gyre of cold air that's circulating counterclockwise in the kind of traditional cold spot over northeastern Canada and feeding the upper trough down here in the process down to the south. But we will nevertheless get some warming here by Wednesday as whatever remains of that ridge slouches towards us from the northwest while a new storm down in the Panhandle region lifts northeastward and rotates southerly winds northward up the Mississippi Valley ahead of it. That system is currently visible, at least in its upper air manifestation. It's uh, the little swirl that's off the coast of northern California, currently on a kind of southeastward track, which will eventually take it into a position to add its vorticity to the southwestern corner of this upper trough that's over the center of the country, and from there spin up a surface low in roughly the vicinity of Oklahoma or Texas, the way it's appearing on the modeling. That circulation will then lift northeastward, apparently towards the Ohio Valley Thursday night into Friday, and I think staying far enough south of us not to trouble us with any precipitation. At least the way it's looking at this point. All I say that only because the global forecast systems model has now adjusted its track southward since its late day run yesterday, in closer alignment with the going Canadian and European model predictions, which does keep that storm to the south. We could still see some readjustment back northward, presumably, but I suspect uh, southern Wisconsin is probably going to be on the northern fringes of the system in any case, and probably just with cloud cover, I think, rather than snow. It appears that there uh, will be a follow-on wave then about uh, mid or late weekend, which might merit watching. It does turn up across the longer-range models with roughly similar timing and amplitude. And perhaps on a schedule, say, to cross up through this area roughly this time uh, next week. All the models keep the surface storm track to our southeast to varying degrees, so this would probably be a snow producer, most likely, if it doesn't end up getting uh, sucked down towards the uh, influence of the subtropical jet branch lying across the Gulf Coast. That strengthened jet branch down there is kind of the hazard of El Nino winters that tend to keep us a little bit drier up here during the mid part of the winter, so we can kind of see that starting to happen already the way it's appearing. Uh, in any case, uh, back to more immediate matters. The sky conditions today are a little bit tricky. This passing uh, low cumulus and stratocumulus that we've been seeing uh, above us may continue, I think, for a while yet, uh, even though the incoming uh, low-level air is extremely dry with surface dew points down around 10 degrees. There is just enough moisture up through, uh, say, two or 3,000 feet that we're getting these uh, short cumuliform clouds to develop between uh, diurnal mixing and the gradient wind. And that condensation of cloud cover is taking place in what are temperatures that are ideal for producing dendritic snow crystals. So uh, we may continue to see these few flakes of snow dropping from time to time from these low clouds, as we have been seeing through the morning, even though the clouds are quite short. Upstream satellite does reveal an area of better clearing pushing in from the northwest. And as I'm looking at the satellite currently, that should be into the area fairly soon. We uh, may see some uh, sunshine, therefore, for a a while through the mid-part of the day. There's additional stratiform cloud cover upstream. So that may pass into areas, especially to the northern parts of the listening area or further upstate later in the day. So anyway, temperatures will struggle to get uh, anywhere, I think, past the low 20s today. On uh, northwesterly winds up at 12 to 17 miles per hour, bringing in deepening Arctic air. Model soundings for later today still show the possibility of passing low cloud cover, but as uh, surface high pressure continues to work further into the area from the west later in the day, I think we should clear out as we go overnight in any case. We haven't already done so by the late part of the day. And that should allow for temperatures to drop towards 10 degrees overnight and possibly into the upper single digits, at least in more sheltered areas, perhaps to the north and west of Madison. Though otherwise, continuing west to northwest winds up at 5 to 10 miles per hour will generally hold temperatures in the teens in most areas. Tomorrow, clear skies early on will gradually see an increase in high clouds as we go through the day, but a fair amount of sun should take temperatures back into the low 20s as westerly winds back a little more southwesterly at 8 to 12 miles per hour. Passing clouds and active southwesterly winds during the overnight should hold temperatures in the low 20s. Wednesday, southwesterly winds uh, remaining fairly active at 8 to 12 miles per hour through the day and uh, generally clear skies on Wednesday as high pressure uh, continues to pass to our south. Those factors should allow temperatures, I think, to reach the mid and uh, perhaps the upper 30s. We'll drop then back to the mid-20s overnight as high clouds start to increase again. That'll be ahead of the, the Thursday system ramping up down to our southwest. And I suspect Thursday is going to see thickening high and mid-level clouds from south to north through the day. That's going to depend a little bit on the final track of the system that will be passing overnight into Friday. And I do expect the precipitation to remain uh, probably well south of us down in Illinois. Temperatures Thursday should again reach the mid to upper 30s. Winds will veer more northerly then as we go into Friday and that system lifts up the Ohio Valley. So that will take temperatures down a little bit for that day, probably to the low 30s for high temperatures. Uh, Otherwise, I think we'll see a clearing by later Friday into Saturday as surface high pressure works in from the west. So the beginning and uh, I think most parts of the weekend should be pretty good. But you might want to tune into the Wednesday evening news forecast to see what especially the latter part of the weekend holds in store and what uh, details might be emerging about the potential system on uh, Sunday and Monday.